0: The following is from East Delta Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at www.eastdeltabc.com. Les, I wore your shirt. It looks good. Thank you. It's your shirt, it's not mine. Oh, that's true. It'd be a little big on you. Actually, I've been working, so I I told Jeremy, he said, it don't matter. I said, well, I, I won't explain why I'm dressed like this, but... We did work last night all night long, and uh, I came straight up here from from Texoma. So, uh, y'all excuse me. I know it's fine, but I feel a little uncomfortable. First John chapter two. Uh, not because I got on jeans, but I do have on a t-shirt. So, uh, y'all just bear with me this morning. We're gonna we're gonna end up our series spring training. We've been talking about for. Several weeks, and i was I was hoping to end this as baseball season started, and i didn't get it finished, but I will finish it today and If you were here last week, we looked at some some big time curve balls and uh w- what we're going to close with is being aware of the curve and uh what John deals with with this church uh, is the fact that uh through his letter he's talking about being aware of some things and Last week, we uh, we talked about the ideal that it really makes no difference what you believe as long as you're sincere, and we kind of see that in our society today, and we see people saying that, and we see people that truly believe that, and we looked at some reasons why that's not true, and we're not going to have time to go back and, and look at those things again, but we read verse uh, 18, and we read all the way down through verse 26 of 1 John chapter 2. Now, you can go and read that this morning if you'd like to, to revisit it. I'm not going to read it all again. But uh, we talked about the first thing that John warns the church about is is we need to recognize the signs of the time. And and we see that in verse 18 and 19. And he talks about the last hour that's coming. He talks about the Antichrist who, who is coming, who have already come. and And we talked about that last hour a little bit last week. And and uh, we talked about the, the fact that people have been saying that for years, and sometimes we are jaded a little bit in our thinking when we think about the last hour. And I want to remind you, one thing we talked about was 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8 and 10, where Christ says, "...I'm not slow in keeping my promise, but I'm patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish." And from the time Christ died on the cross and was buried and was raised again, we've been living in the last hours." In other words, the the Lord says the, the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you think not, and uh, He says no one knows that hour. So from that time on, we need to recognize that as the time clock goes, and God's not on the timetable, and we we kind of we kind of build everything around time. Uh, God doesn't do that. So though that that timetable's ticking, and there's going to be a day that God's going to return, and John warns the church, and he's talking to this church here, that, that uh, we're living in the, the last hour, and we need to recognize signs of the time. And we talked about some of those last week. He also said we need to recognize the presence of the Antichrists with an S. And we talked a little bit last week about when you get to Revelation, it talks about the Antichrist, and, and he's going to be the one who comes and sets himself, place, himself up in the place of Christ. And he's going to set himself up in the place of the temple and he's going to be worshiped. That's not what John's talking about. He's saying there ultimately there will be an Antichrist. And we'll see that in Revelation, but he says in the churches today, there are many antichrists. And if you remember all the way back from the first part of John, when we really started talking about uh, this letter, uh, he's talking about the Gnostics who came in with this new revelation and and so with that, that kind, of, that kind of reminds us what John's talking about. He's kind of summarizing what he's talked about, and he's talking about anything that's against Christ and, and anything that goes against Christ's teaching. And we're going to talk just a little bit more about that this morning, but we closed with this last week. We need to... As a church, we need your presence, and, and uh, we talked about the fact that, that the Bible says we need to, to be present in church, and it talks about not forsaking the assembly of the brethren and coming together. It talks about corporate worship, and, and John covers that in his letter. We also need participation in the church, and and uh, to, to be a part of the church. We've been doing a study on Wednesday night about about our joy, and our joy in serving the Lord, and where is our joy, and... And part of how we find joy in serving the Lord is, is, is by participating and being a part of what the church is doing, and then the church needs praise. So John says we need to recognize the signs of the time. So this morning, we're going to finish this up with the second thing he addresses. Not only do we need to recognize the signs of the time, but secondly, we need to remember our resources. Now, again, I want to remind you, this church that John's talking to, they're confused. They've got... Uh, they've got members that were a part of the church and they've left the church and they're going back and they're saying, hey, you need to come with us and you need to understand that uh, we have a new revelation and we have a new revelation about who Jesus Christ is and, and what you're studying is not the truth. So as John, as John identifies those things, he says we need to recognize the signs of the time, but we need to remember our resources. And folks, for us today, that's, that's relevant for us. I want to to tell you today, we need to remember the resources we have in in chapter 2, verse 20 through 24. Listen to what John says. He says, you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. I have not written to you because you don't know the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar, but he that denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is an Antichrist who denies the Father as the Son. Verse 23, whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. Therefore, let that abide in you which you've heard from the beginning. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you will also abide in the Son and in the Father. So what John says is every Christian has two weapons in our arsenal. If you're a born-again Christian, you have these two weapons. And John says, we need to remember those weapons. We need to remember those resources. And one of them is the Word of God, and the other is the Spirit of God. If you're a born-again Christian, you have, a, you have the Word of God in the Bible, and you have the Spirit of God living within you. Now, these new teachers of that day, they came in, and they, they described their, their experience with a knowledge and an anointing. So if you look at what John is saying, he, it kind of goes a little bit with what Christ says we have. We have the Word of God and the Spirit of God. The Gnostic says we have a knowledge and we have an anointing. What they were claiming is they had a special anointing. They had something that was, that was quite unique, and because of this special anointing, then they had a, a unique knowledge or a unique revelation a new revelation, and, and John points out that all true Christians know God. If you just go and read that scripture, 20 through 24, and read it again and read it again, John's saying, as Christians, we know God, and we've received an anointing of the Holy Spirit. So we need to really think about that. And, and the first thing he points out is we have God's Word. And, and that's the first weapon, we might say, that that the Christian has in our arsenal. And, and he says this, we need to hang on to what we heard from the beginning. And what he's teaching here is, is he's, he's referring to the gospel that the apostles have taught. And he's referring to what he had taught. And in the, the early days of the church... Satan was opposing everything about God's Word. Anything that had to do with God's Word, Satan is opposed to it, and he's still opposed that today, but especially to the Gospel. So when we think about God's Word and we have the Gospel, John is simply reminding Christians and reminding us today that we need to remember what we had from the beginning and what we learned from the beginning, and we need to develop discernment so that we can avoid spiritual deception. Now listen, folks, in 2 Timothy 3, 14-17, listen to what Paul writes. He says, but you must consider in the things which you have learned, being assured of, knowing from whom you have heard them from, verse 15, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scripture. And remember, John talked about childhood, and he talked about those babes in Christ, and then he talked about spiritual adolescence, and then he talked about fathers, and 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 those those steps of growing in Christ, well, that's what Paul's talking about. So he's saying from the, from the time you were an infant in Christ, so from childhood, what you learn from childhood, uh, that you've known the Holy Scriptures. This is, I'm in 2 Timothy chapter 3, that's verse 15, that you've known from the Holy Scriptures which you are able to make yourself wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Verse 16, you've all heard this. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be completely equipped thoroughly for every good word. So what Paul says is the same thing John is reminding us. Folks, as Christians, we have the Word of God. In verse 20, he says, you know all things. And, and the word he, he uses there can really be translated, uh, you all know these things. You know, today we, we might, we might uh, here, here in the South, we might say there's a big difference between knowing all things and you all know. I mean, we might say that you all know or you know all things. We certainly don't know all things. And that's, what, that's not what John is saying. He doesn't say, Christians, you know all things. But what he's saying is, Christians, you all know this. You all know what you learned from the beginning. You all know about salvation. You know, if somebody says, I, I don't think I could ever leave anyone to Christ. I, I just don't know the Bible well enough. Well, John is saying, wait a minute. You all know this. If you're a born-again Christian... You know the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know the good news of Jesus Christ. So when we come before, and and we come before false teachings, he's saying, remember, you know this. You know the gospel of Jesus Christ. If someone comes up and they start teaching something, go back to what you know from childhood, from what you know from spiritual, uh, when you were a spiritual infant, and say, wait a minute, I learned this in the very beginning. It doesn't matter what age you were. It's when you learn those things. If you think about this, every modern cult, and, and I, I, could, I can name a lot of things that I think fall into that, that, that definition of a cult, they go astray from the work of Jesus Christ. Think about it. Every, every group that, that we would consider a cult, they deny something about Jesus Christ. They either deny that He was the Son of God or they deny His deity or they deny His death on the cross or they deny His resurrection. Every, every group, they deny something about Christ. Now, what were the Gnostics doing? That's the very thing they were doing. They were saying, we have a new revelation. We have a new knowledge because the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and we're teaching you that, that Christ is really not who He said He was. He really didn't do the things that He said He did. He, he's really not the only way to God. There's, there's a whole new revelation we want to share with you. And, and John's reminding us, folks, as Christians, we need to be aware of those things. Look again what he says. He who, said, who, who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ. That's verse 22 that we just read. And then later in 1 John chapter 4, he says this, By this you know the Spirit of God, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come into the flesh, and every spirit that does not confess that Jesus is the Christ has come into the flesh is not of God. So every spirit that that says Christ came in the flesh, he's of God. But every spirit that says he's not come of the flesh, he is not from God. And he is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming, who is now already in this world. So, so why do I say all that? And I'm going to close with a passage Scripture in just a moment that kind of sums all of this up. But John's reminding us as Christians, we have the Word of God. And you know what, folks? Anything that I say from this pulpit, you need to, you need to be able to verify that by the Word of God. If you can't verify it by the Word of God, then then John's saying, you know what? That's not of God. So don't simply look at a preacher or a teacher, it doesn't matter who they are, and say, hey, they said it, it must be right. It must be the Gospel. John's saying, Christians, we have the Word of God. And that's something we need to use and we need to, we need to check our teachings and we need to go back and see what God's Word has to say. Don't believe it just because somebody said it. And beyond that, not only do we have the Word of God, he says we have the Spirit of God living with us. Verse 22, you have an anointing. And then he repeats it again in verse 27, the anointing which you have received from the Holy Spirit or from Him abides in you listen to second corinthians 1 21 and 22 this is paul again he says now he who established us with you in christ and has anointed us is god and who has also sealed us and given us the spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing our salvation so so christians think about this We don't ever need to think about ourselves as some kind of second-class Christian. We don't need to look at other Christians and say, you know what? Man, they have an anointing about them. They, They have this wisdom and this knowledge. And You know what? You have the same spirit. Every one of us here has the same spirit, and we've all been anointed by God with the Spirit of God. So when we start talking about this antichrist and we thought we start thinking about these false teachings and and if we recognize somebody that says hey i have a new revelation i have a new anointing from god we can say oh wait a minute Mm -mm. i got the same anointing you got and you got the same anointing i got there there's no special anointing from god and john points that out and and paul points that out and folks that ought to bring us joy but when we have these, these folks that come in or these false teachers that come in and they say, well, because of a special anointing we have, we want to teach this. You know, there's groups that did that. There's, there's a Joseph Smith that said, you know what? I have, a new te- I have a new anointing from God and he sent me a new message. Well, when we hear something like that, we ought to have a red flag that pops up and goes, wait a minute. If I ever, if I ever stand up here and I say to you, hey, God gave me a a new anointing, and I have a, a new word from God, and, and here's what it is. That needs to raise a red flag, and you need to say, wait a minute, I've got God's word, and I've got God's Holy Spirit, and I better check up on this dude, because... What he's saying don't, don't sound just exactly right. Don't simply say, well, he studies the Word, so he must know the Word, so I'm just going to trust what he has to say. We need to go back and we need to look at what God's Word has to say. And, and John says, hey, you, you have some tools as a Christian, and we have God's Word and we have God's Spirit, and we need to go and we need to test God's Word and God's Spirit. Folks, what John is saying is we need to beware of those who prowl around with some kind of new-ism today. We just need to be aware of that. We can sit here today and say, ah, that's not happening. That's happening everywhere. That's happening every day in churches. It doesn't matter the denomination. There's folks that take God's Word and they say, you know, after studying it, we think we've been interpreting this wrong all these years and we think this is really what God's Word meant there. We, We need to understand we have the same Word And we have the same spirit and we need to turn to God's word and we need to look at those things and we need to weigh them against what God's word is. Here's the last thing that John says, and he's talking to this church again. There's these false teachers coming in. He's wanting them to be aware of this. He says we need to resist falsehood with the truth. Look at verse 25 through 27. And this is the promise that he has promised us eternal life. And these things I have written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and is true and is not a lie, and just as it taught you, you will abide in him. What in the world does he mean by that? If we look at that and just say, okay... This is the danger of taking something out of context. Well, John says we don't need anybody to teach us. Why do we need to come to church? Why do we need to Sunday school? It says right there, we don't need anybody to teach us. What's the context of that? What what context is John saying that in? He's saying we don't need anyone to teach us. If, If we understand that and just say, well, that's what John's saying. This is where I'm talking about we test it against God's Word. We say, well, that's what John's saying. Then... His whole letter is useless to us because what's he doing in his whole letter? He's teaching. So what John is saying is here we have we have gnostics in the church, and I'm not talking about in this church. I'm talking about the church that John's writing. You have gnostics in there that's denying who Christ is. You're listening to what they have teach that you're listening to what they're teaching you. And John says in the context of what I've just written, you have God's word, you have God's Spirit. You have the the truth of God's word, you know the gospel, so why are you looking for someone to teach you about this new ism? Why are you looking for someone to 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 come to you on the authority of, of a of a new ism that comes along and looking for them to teach you? So he he's not saying we don't we don't need the the Paul says this. Some he gave teachers, the ability to be teachers, some apostles, some preachers. So so we understand God gave the ability for some to teach, some to preach, some to do different things. John's not contradicting that. He's saying in the context, we don't need anyone to come and give us a a teaching on something new. We talked about curveballs. What John is saying is somebody will throw you a curveball. If you, if you take somebody's teaching and all of a sudden you're intrigued by that, let's just say New Age stuff, and you, you want to listen to Oprah Winfrey or you want to listen to uh, Tom Cruise, and you start saying, you know what, that makes a little sense. I'm going to sit under their teaching and I'm going to hear what they have to say. John said, you don't, you don't need anyone to teach you those things. You have the Spirit of God and you have the Word of God. And we need to test those things against the Spirit and against the Word. Does it matter what you believe? I certainly think it matters what you believe. And, and beware of anyone who, who says, I have a new revelation of God. I want to close with this scripture this morning. Romans chapter 3, verse 4. I, I use this a lot, and you've probably heard me say this a lot. But listen to what Paul says. He says, let God be true. And every man, what? A liar. Do you hear that? (laughs) Let God be true, and every man a liar. Now, what's he talking about? He's saying every man's opinion. Anytime we have someone who gives an opinion, take his word as, that's got to be a lie that 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 's got to be something I need to abandon, but what I need to do is is anything that implies God is false they 've misspoken so so when Paul writes that he says let god 's word be true. what John said is is remember when you were an infant in Christ, remember what you learned when you come to Christ, remember the gospel of Christ, let that word be true." And let anything outside of the truth you know, let that be a lie. So what I want to urge you to do is, folks, we need to, we need to be in God's Word. We need to be studying God's Word. If you have a question about God's Word, you, you can certainly come and say, what do you think about this and where do you find that and, and how do we know the truth about these things? Get somebody's opinion or get my opinion or, or, or get your Sunday school teacher's opinion and then, and then take those opinions and take God's Word. And open God's Word and, and begin to study and begin to look. And then as you study God's Word, begin to pray and say, Okay, God, through, through the Spirit that You've given me, that Spirit that lives within me, then God, I want, I want You to reveal to me what You're telling me and what You're teaching me through this. Let God's Word be true and every man a liar. Let's, let's pray together this morning. And Father, as we just spent so many weeks looking at uh, just the, the the spring training, just getting back to the basics and and getting back to a basic understanding of who we are in Christ and and what you've done for us and and Lord, as John's addressed that in the church and and recognizing in his day those antichrists, those who who slowly came and began to chip away at at Jesus Christ and the truth of who you are and. The truth of your deity and the truth that that you 're the way, the truth and the life and and no one comes to Father except through jesus and as the false teachers of that day began to spread those things within the church, John wanted us to 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 recognize the dangers of the time and Father today, as we look around, we see those signs of the time, and we we recognize that, that prophecy has been fulfilled. And, and Father, we don't have to look forward to recognize there, there are those false teachers among us. And, and you warned your disciples that they, they come dressed in sheep's clothes. But really, they're wolves. And Father, we can only be an understanding. We can only, we can only see and, and be aware of those through your Holy Spirit and through the study of your Word. So, Father, I pray that as we study, as we hear different folks speak, as, as I listen to different preachers preach, Lord, I pray that I simply wouldn't believe and follow. But, Lord, I would I would measure what they have to say against your word. And, Father, through the, the direction of the Holy Spirit, you would reveal to me the truth of your word. Father, I pray that we would know there's no... There's no spiritual giants with some kind of great anointing, but, Father, You have given us Your Spirit, each one of us equally. Father, You've given us Your Word, the truth of Your Word, each one of us equally. And, Father, we know simply through the the gospel of Jesus Christ we know the truth. And, Father, I pray that uh, the truth would be revealed in our lives, the truth would be revealed in our actions, Lord, I pray that we would leave here just just being filled with joy, knowing that we are full of you as a Christian. And Father, all we have to do is to plug into that power source for our strength, for our joy, for our comfort, for our needs. Father, I pray that we would let you be true and every man a liar. Father, I thank you for each one that's here this morning, And, and Lord, I just know as I stumble around and... And I try to do my best of just of just revealing the truth of your word, Father. I know apart from your Holy Spirit, it's a bunch of foolish words and useless babble. So, Lord, I pray that your spirit would would be our teacher today. I pray your spirit would impart wisdom upon us today. Father, I pray that the truth of your word would remain in our minds and... And, Father, we would put those things into practice. But, Father, I pray for anything that's apart from your truth. I pray anything that's confusing. We know that you're not the master of confusion. I pray anything that's unclear. I pray that it would be struck from our mind and we'd remember it no more. But your Spirit would let us remain. Let us know what's true. Let us know what's right. Father, I pray that we'd be about reading your love letter, reading your word to us, And through your Word and through the Spirit, we would be exactly where we need to be in our walk with you. Father, I thank you for this day again. I thank you for uh, the, 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 the strength that we find in you from day to day. And I pray, Lord, that we would walk in your ways, that we wouldn't trust our own self, but we would acknowledge you in all that we do, and you would direct our paths, Lord. I pray this morning now as we go from this place, as we fellowship together, Lord. I pray that this food that we're about to eat would be a a nourishment to our bodies, Lord. I pray that our time of fellowship would be a time of growing together and and knowledge of you, of knowledge of one another and growing in our joy. I pray, Lord, that we would be present and, and we'd be involved, that our joy might be full and our joy might be complete and our joy might be found in you, Father. I pray that we would just fill this place with praise because we know that you You inhabit the praise of your people, Father, and I pray that this would be a place that we find joy, a place that we are filled with your goodness, we're filled with your praise. Father, a place where we have friendships and families and brothers and sisters, and Lord, we would be about your business and all that we do in this place. Lord, I pray now that you'd go with us from this place. For those who are going and be with family or going to eat different meals today, I pray that you'd watch over and protect them. Again, I pray that you'd bless these hands and the the hands that prepared these meals and it would be a nourishment to our body. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.